0: Welcome to the Woe Podcast about horses and horsemanship. I'm John Hare, and you found the place where we talk about all things horses. I hope you're doing okay and staying COVID safe. I gotta tell you, things were going okay with Renee and me during the quarantine. We were getting to ride a whole bunch. We even enrolled in the virtual Tevis Cup, and we were ticking off the miles. Then, as they usually do in Bakersfield in August things got stinking hot, really hot, 107 to 112 hot. We plowed through a couple of early morning rides, but it was a slog. Then the fires started around us. Thankfully, we're safe from the wildfires, but the smoke created dangerous air quality levels in our part of the valley. We hunkered down at home and could do nothing but wait it out. Hey, how are things in your neck of the woods? I hope to have a better production schedule over the next month. I've got a few podcasts in the works now. I didn't realize how difficult it would be to get guests during the quarantine. Some people seem to be busier than ever. In the meantime, I've been working on my YouTube channel. Yep, I've had one since 2008. I'm trying to combine my photography and video editing skills to bring you some worthwhile information. Check it out. Search for John Hare and Horses or click the link at woepodcast.com. Now back to my major gig, talking horses. Wanting to be a cowboy growing up was not even an option. Horses seemed far too expensive for my family living in the suburbs of Los Angeles. Besides, there was a slew of Western movies decrying the fact that the cowboy was dying with the American West. So, it took me a while to come around to horses. And through horses, I was lucky enough to play cowboy a few times. Go on gathers, be in the branding pen, helping vaccinate. About 10 years ago, my farrier brought along a helper by the name of Lane Sells. Lane was a teenager back then. He was so good at high school rodeo He got his permit to ride with the big boys. He rode bulls for a few years, traveling around the country. Exciting stuff. He came back to Bakersfield and began his own farrier business. We'd lost contact, but I ran into him shoeing a neighbor's horse. He mentioned that besides doing farrier work, he was day working at a few of the cattle ranches around the area. I asked him if he would come on and talk about cowboy life today. Keep in mind, in different parts of the country, ranchers do it differently than we may do it here in California. Here's the conversation with my friend, Lane Seltz. So, Lane, thanks for doing this for me. I appreciate it. You bet. We're talking to Lane Seltz today, and he's a friend I've known uh, for about 10 years now. We met in 2010. Yep. You were, you were still in high school.
1: I would, I'd be in a senior, senior high school, no. I graduated in 2013, 10, I'd have been, been sophomore, probably sophomore. You'd... Sophomore when I first came around and then I went full-time helping Sean and I turned 17. So, probably seen me a lot when I was about 17 years old.
0: you just gotten your permit to ride bulls, I think. Y-
1: yeah, 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 so I turned 18, I got my permit. The PRCA, got my permit, then I filled it, and then I got my card, and I was rodeoing professionally from 18.
0: The reason I wanted to talk to you today, Lane, is because... I'm 65, you're, mm-hmm. how old are you now? 25. 25, so there's 40 years between us. But almost all my life growing up, I heard cowboys dead, cowboys dead, cowboy is, there's no more cowboys in the American West. Mm-hmm. But then I found out that you you not only shoe horses, but you do some day work at ranches around town, yeah. and cowboys not dead, right?
1: No, it's it's not dead. I mean, it's, it's dying from what it used to be. I mean, back in the day, like back at least in Bakersfield in the 70s, there was way more cattle around here i mean i know an old horseshoe named al bell back in his day when he was shoeing at in the 70s there was like 16 feedlots around here and there was i think a couple packing plants or slaughter places so there's less cattle and cowboys for sure but it's still going for sure like there is there's still a lot of cattle
0: and how many feedlots do you think there are now
1: there's two main ones I know of. There's Sundance Feedlot off Bear Mountain, and then there's three brands off of Lairdo. That's two. There might be a couple more, I think.
0: And what's a typical day like
1: for you? Day working?
0: Yeah, and in day working, what do you, Man, what do you typically do? it depends do? on
1: the place. Like, I've worked for a handful of places. Like, right now I work for Centennial Livestock a couple days a week during, when they're busy. I'm mostly a horseshoer but when I am day working for them, you start out in the morning it depends on what you're doing. If it's branding season, you get there, you'll feed horses, get stuff ready to go, then you go wherever the cattle are. They're usually in a trap, bring them in, sort them cows from calves, and then you brand. Brand or like right now we're weaning. That's what they're doing now this time of year. So, you gather everything, gather a section of cattle. They're usually in a holding field, put them in the corral, sort cows from calves, you sex them but steers and heifers on one side, and then you either process some or ship some. It all depends on each ranch, but like right now, it's they're weaning, shipping, so that's what's going on.
0: And do you use your own horse?
1: Yeah, I do. I I have two horses that I own. I'm partners on one, but yeah, I use my two. And then I have some others I can get a hold of if it's if I'm really using them hard, but this year I haven't been day working as much as I did last year, but two horses have been easy It's so fine.
0: And that's kind of a, a big difference between the old-time cowboy and today's cowboys. Yeah. The old-timers, the ranch supplied the horses. Well,
1: back in the day, there was way more, like, there's a handful of big ranches now. I mean, there's, I guess, more than a handful. Like, there's some big ranches in Nevada. There's some big ranches in Arizona. I know Oregon has some, Texas, where, like, like the Diamond A, those places, I've never been there, but I've heard, like, I mean, they give you a string of horses. They have a, they have a spring wagon, I think a fall wagon, and they... they they supply with all your horses, shoe them. It's like the old days, you know what I mean? But uh-huh. it's just not the case anymore as much. Like around here, they don't really do that. I mean, at Tahoe for Centennial, it's pretty cool because John Lacey is one of the is one of the partners at Centennial, and he breeds horses. So he's always bringing horses there, and guys are always full time guys. Seems like they're always riding his horses, and they still supply they'll supply some day workers with some horses. So. At least at Tahon that they still do give you like give you a string. If you need some horses, they'll give you something to ride, but in my case I have a couple, so I'm good.
0: How many full time cowboys do they have up there?
1: At Centennial, I think there is let's see here, there's four. I think there's six or seven. I know at Tahone I think there's six or five. But see, Centennial's pretty big and they have a ranch on the Sway, which is in Santa Maria, I know they have one around Shandon, I want to say they have some land, and mm-hmm. then they have a bunch of property and a, a bunch of ranches in Bridgeport.
0: One of the things about in the old days that when it came wintertime and there was nothing to do, those cowboys were out of a job. Did it, the home keep those guys around all year? Yeah,
1: like here, we don't have the winter. Like usually those places would be like, I, I want to say, like I could be wrong, but usually like Wyoming, Montana, those places where they have a hard winter, I think that was the case there. But in California, I mean... Winter's awesome. Like all winter, at least like at Centennial and Tahoe, they're branding calves. We'll start in December. You'll brand, I think, late February, and then everyone else is branding around here. Like I remember, I started branding in December for people, and then I got, I think we weren't done till May. we well, at least like, like we branded from December to, I know April, and then I went on the desert and I branded for like a month over there too. So,
0: did you grow up around horses?
1: yeah no my dad shot shot horses he was a horseshoer and he he helped a guy that had a ranch a little bit but yeah no like I was kind of around it but I wasn't I mean I got exposed to it if that makes sense but from a little kid I was like I wanted to be a cowboy that uh-huh. was just what I wanted to do I knew nothing about it but that's what I wanted to do and then the first part of it was wanting to be a rodeo cowboy I wanted to ride bulls that was a big thing and I tried that and then the wanting to be like a real, like I guess, be like a cowboy, like out cowboying on a ranch. That was always like a thing that was important. I wanted to do it. Had absolutely no idea how to do it, but I'm, i still not very good. Get better. <laughs> I'm getting better every day.
0: That's about. That's what it's all about, anyway.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just have fun and try. You
0: know let's, I mean? let's talk about that for a second. So, what skills and characteristics do you need to be a cowboy today?
1: Man, it's hard. There's so many things that go into it. Like the, you gotta know how to like I guess read a cow. I mean the biggest thing is taking care of cows. That's your main job. But knowing how to like read a cow, take care of a cow, know your country, know like how much grass is there, how much can I put on this place. Like that stuff I don't know. I've never ran a ranch. Probably never will. I don't. That's just I know nothing about that stuff. But I know that's a big deal. Like I mean then you got then you got the part of handling cattle on a horse. You know and I mean in, in the corral, I mean calves cows bulls where do these need to go where do these need to go like at this different time of year like there's a, there's so many things that go into it you have to be a jack of all trades it's unreal like one day you might a water line broke here and you're on a tractor trying to find a leak and then you got steers out here you got to get them in over here and then you got a fire over there and you need to get cattle off of there like right now i know everybody's pushing stuff around trying to get away from the fire but it's unreal you're not on a horse. i mean you're you are but it's a lot more than just being on a horse looking at a cow, that's for sure. That's That was a big thing I learned. I I was just kind of a gunslot at it. And I thought, oh, yeah, you just probably ride a horse all the time, do fun stuff. But right. no, that's not and the case. It's fun. I mean, I, I, I like it, but it's there's a way more that go into it. People don't realize how much you have to do. It's unreal.
0: I've talked to a couple of ranchers, and boy, uh, just the guys who manage the ranches you'll be walking around their ranch and they'll be pointing out grasses like they're a botanist you know oh. you know this yeah. little thing here grows well and does the cows oh, love yeah. this and
1: it's unreal like how much like they got to look at their country and know all right i can have cattle here this long i mean i know like the grass might be getting short this time of year so we'll take them off we'll put them on this permit and then it's it's crazy. Takes a lot of knowledge, that's for sure.
0: And when you show up at a ranch, like say Centennial, in the morning, do you know what you're going to do that day? Or? Not,
1: not usually. Sometimes I know, like off the time of the year, like maybe they're putting bulls out. It's time to put bulls out. Oh no! Like all right, we're going to go spread bulls somewhere, or like you say brand season. Like oh, we're going to brand calves, or like right now when I show up, I know it's the day we're going to we're going to wean. So we're we'll starting early. We're going to gather a trap, sort cows from calves, pre-check cows, ship the steers, and you kind of know. It's by the time of year, you'll know what's going on, usually.
0: Yeah, after you've done it. Yeah, yeah. You know what... Yeah,
1: what? Are, sorry, what are going to be like replacement heifers? Like, okay, these you'll, you'll, you'll bring heifers up, and they're going to bang the heifers. They're going to be replacement heifers for the next year. You'll know that. And then the steers are going to get weighed and shipped to some either feedlot or somewhere, wherever they're going. And just by the time of the year, you'll usually know what's going on. I didn't know that at first. I had no idea, but I kind of have an idea now.
0: When you're Brandon, do you rope?
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. And
0: how did you, and how'd you learn how to do that?
1: Man, I, I learned how to rope at Denny Watkins' house. And he, I That's kind of how I got my start in rodeo. He's been in the NFR 19 times. I didn't know at the time. I just rode my bike up there and said, man, I'd like to come hang out. And he's like, yeah. And I started pushing up steers. He was giving lessons. And I just kind of started messing around with the rope. And he's one of them guys, You're going if you're going to rope at his house, you're going to do it right. So <laughs> he helped me out. I got to where I could swing a rope pretty good. And then I got to riding little bit over there, then just kept trying and kept trying. I got to where I could do it all right, and then trial and error. I mean, I've been in some good wrecks in a branding pin. Okay. I just you don't know until you know, you know. Right, so right, Just trial and error. I mean, I'm I still struggle this day, but just getting better and better. But doing it, same thing, doing it, practicing.
0: What's the toughest thing about day working as a cowboy,
1: man? Because things change so much. They can tell you to go do this. Like, all right, we're going to go gather this field or you're do this. Well, what if there's a fence down and there's cattle on this next field? I don't know I don't know that field. You know what I mean? Everything can change so much because you're dealing with an animal. And obviously right. an animal, you didn't know what you want. That's probably one of the things. And not knowing where you're at like, a lot of times. Usually, like, if, if a ranch hires day workers, it's usually because they have, it's like, we need more guys for this. And a lot of times you don't know where you're at. So it's trying to see, like, your landmarks. And if they tell you... You're going to go this circle, you see this canyon, push them up this canyon, you know what I mean? Like, that's probably the main thing that took me longest was figuring out where I was. I was known as a guy who got lost. <laughs> I've been lost a lot. Well,
0: that, I got to tell you, that makes me feel so good because I was on a gather one time and the guy goes, as soon as you see us over the over that ridge there, then you start heading down. Well, I stared at that ridge for <laughs> oh, okay. two and a half hours and I said, well, shit, they got to be coming down now. And... I was the last one in camp, barely got uh, oh. barely got a meal. And, oh, uh, it's awkward. <laughs> I've
1: been that guy. Oh, I've sucked. I, did, I just learned, you're trying to find your landmarks, and, like, that's one thing I'd, I'd really focus on, was, like, find a landmark and just know. The thing was, too, is you can be up high, and, like, oh, i got to go down this canyon. Well, you get in this canyon, and you look up, and everything looks completely different. Was, yes. And there's fingers coming off, and this is shit. I, I had no <laughs> idea. And I ha- I've had some pretty, really good guys help me, like, I mean, biggest thing is being humble and be like, I know I don't know anything. I want to learn. And right. That's what helped me. But, oh God, I, I, <laughs> I remember two years ago I was working at Ferrancheria. They're all a bunch of good. They're all we're all a bunch of good friends over there. And uh, I had this purple raincoat. I mean, it was bright purple, <laughs> but I called it my find me jacket <laughs> because. Oh, the fog rolling. I didn't know where I was. I'm like, oh god, I'm never gonna make it home. So I told everybody, it's my find me jacket, so you guys can know where I'm at. So Instead and that of, came from getting lost in a couple of times and being humiliated. And just
0: didn't. what was the worst time you got lost?
1: There's never been a really worse time. It's just
0: were you gone? How how long were you missing for?
1: I guess you're not really okay. So I mean, you, if you're going off to move some cow around, I guess it's not missing. It's like people think you know where you're at, but I mean, I got, I sat on top of, it's called Winter's Ridge at Tejon, and I was up there for three hours just trying to get down. I got like by an old fence and came down. I didn't have a pair of wire not cut the wire, and I went on each side of this ridge just trying to get down, trying to get <laughs> down. I am like, man, I don't know how I'm going to get off of here. I mean, I could see where I needed to go, but I was stuck. I'm like, I'm going to have to go all the way around, and I didn't know where I was, and... <laughs> I've been lost a couple of times, but nothing I really can pinpoint, you know? Like, I've the more I do it, the better I get. But I'm sure a while back, I was, I was, I was kind of in a blur the whole time. But.
0: Were you ever out back in the backcountry and uh, come off your horse?
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, this is a good story. I was at this ranch called the Toll House. It's a really old ranch. A bunch of cowboys around here. Guys have worked there. And
0: is that up by, like, Shaver Lake? No, it's
1: um, it's right by Kelly Annie, I was 58. Okay. It just caught on fire a while back. And I, and I was greener than a gourd there. I mean, I still am. But we're over there. and I'm with this buddy of mine named Logan, and we ride up. We're just looking for remnants, some steers that they're missing. There's some short, and we get up in this steep, nasty canyon. And he gets like he. We get four of them. Well, they take off down like a. I guess we're on the road. And they get down it like in this deep spot. Well, they come up the road. Well, they they're going back wherever they came from, so I'm like side healing across this deal, and I mean I'm glazed over, just like we can't lose these. We just came from a bad spot. I'm side healing. Before I know it, my horse tipped like he up, just loses everything and just rolls down the mountain, down the side of the <laughs> hill, and I did a front flip. I ended up in the tree, like it was a down tree. I was in the tree. My horse is upside down, laying on his laying on his back inside of a tree, like a side tr- like the side of the hill, and. Uh, I was like, oh, shit. So I, uh, I go find my buddy Logan, and I was like, man, I'm in a bind. And he's like, where are you at? Like, where's your horse? I go there, and he goes, oh, shit, dude, you're in a wreck. <laughs> so he's upside down, and I got my saddle off, and we put we took a rope on his hind feet and, like, pulled him over. And Thank God he was smart in that way, and he got, we got out of it. I've been bucked off a couple times. I've never really fallen off. I mean, I have fallen off, don't get me wrong, but. Not gathering cows usually. I've been I've been bucked off, that's for sure. So,
0: did you ever run out into a, a cow or steer out or bull out in the back country that was just unbelievably hard to get them to do what you wanted them to do?
1: Yo, oh yeah. And I see I don't have dogs, so that's a probably something I could use too. I see I don't I'm not a full time guy. I shoe horses too, so I don't really want dogs to take care of them. But like the other day we were in the stallion springs and i was working for a buddy of mine and there was two slick bulls they had been branded they were like four or five years old and they one of them there they ran off the hill and my buddies they all had really good dogs and they stopped them well we tried to give them up to go up this canyon and get on the road to get out of there and they turned around tried to hook us and everything and they're pretty wild but like they say the, the dogs really helped and we got them up on the road and went well there's been there's been some dangerous moments where they're just not going to do what you want them to do. Right. But that's when it's good to have way better guys around. And <laughs> they got good dogs and they, they know how to go about it. So.
0: And that's the other thing about cowboying is that it's one of those jobs that there are so many different variables. Until you've done it for oh yeah oh, 10 or 15 years, you really haven't seen everything. No, right? I,
1: and I've only been day working for like two years, three years. I mean, I've seen, I'm compared to some, I'm nothing. I'm just a body there, but I've got to see some guys like really good hands, have really good dogs, and know how to know how to move cattle around. Where some people that just be a wreck, and it's not even they know how exactly what they're doing. It goes smooth as smooth as glass. So,
0: is there one important thing that uh, that people need to know when they're riding out in wild country like that? That what what about what do they need to know about their horse?
1: He's got to be like sure footed and know that like if you're like i say if you're gonna go in some bad country no he's good footed and he's gonna like he's got the gas to go you know what i mean to get, get you around and one thing i had to learn is a horse isn't a dirt bike i've tied some horses up before a couple horses up before just learning like you can't ride like that you got all day to go you can't ride them like a dirt bike going up and down going up and down everywhere a good friend of mine pete jameson he's um he's really helped me a lot with horsemanship and I was terrible when I first got around him. i mean, I'd just ride and I'd be at a trot and a lope trying to get around stuff and I mean I learned my lesson. He said, You better calm down, you're gonna tie one up and they're not a dirt bike and sure shit, it's happened, but knowing your horse, knowing how good footed he is, hopefully you've been in some bad country before, like you've been around some steep stuff to know he's all right and usually you can tell horses that all right, he's peel he'll be good out there, he'll be yeah. good wherever you're going kind of just you kind of can just tell usually usually
0: you know the biggest thing I've noticed is that as a recreational rider when I go out there I've got one horse that's my experience mm-hmm. that's really all I know I think there's a real definite advantage in have in being able to ride a yeah. number of different horses yeah yeah
1: when I when I first started messing around and branding calves a day working a little bit like I didn't own a horse for a while so I just whatever I got I got now it, I would I only want to ride my own so yeah, it's crazy. I rode some stuff. I'm like, man, that would suck. If I had that one. I'm glad I'm not on that dink.
0: I think that was that, There's some stories about those old ranches where the ranch gave you five or six horses. There was usually a couple of oh, dinks in man. there. Oh back
1: in the day, they rode some Bronx. I mean, <laughs> you hear them like them older guys. I mean, they're so beat up because they. I mean, they rode some Bronx. Nowadays, horses have gone in the right way. Like, I mean, the breeding and all that stuff. They're just they're so much better, I think, personally. Back, then. I mean, they were, they were sure some hammer-headed, tough son-of-a-guns, but you probably had to make a bronc ride before you got there.
0: That's what, you know, I was thinking it takes so long to have the experience to be good at cowboying, but mm-hmm. then by the time you've gotten that experience, you're so beat up and oh, broken, yeah. you know. that. Yeah. What?
1: Oh, for sure. I mean, I, sh- I shoot for a handful of guys that you can tell they were badasses in their day, but they took a toll on them. I've, I've seen it for sure, those old guys who you could just tell, they could ride a bronc, they could rope anything, they could fight anybody, but <laughs> they get older and it catches up with you.
0: So now you spend most of your time shoeing horses?
1: Yeah, I, I'm shoeing about, like right now I'm, I'm helping Centennial wean, and I'm shoeing three, four days a week, and I'm helping them two days a week. But it just depends. If someone's like, if they're like, oh, we could use three days, I'll help them three days or four days, like next week, we're going to go to Bridgeport, and I'm going to, we're going to pre-vac for Lacey Livestock, and we'll be there from the 26th to the 1st. So then I'll just set my shoeing up where I'll get a bunch done before, and then when I come back, I'll do a bunch to get it caught up. So that's what's cool about shoeing is I can kind of do whatever I want.
0: Yeah, kind of a rearrange your schedule. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Self-employment's cool.
0: Well, congr- that's great. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you doing this for yeah, me. Yeah, no worries. Yeah, thanks. No worries. I love talking about that stuff. That will do it for another episode. Thanks, Lane, for coming on and sharing some of your experiences. While I'm trying to get more episodes produced, sadly, they're not on a regular basis. The best way to know when I release an episode is by subscribing on whatever service you find our podcast. It's all free. WoePodcast.com is the place you can find all our episodes. There are well over 200 in the library now. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and anywhere else you find podcasts. You know, a friend asked me, how many people listen to the show? I don't know. Unlike YouTube, there's no real way of knowing how many subscribe because there are so many different places people get podcasts. I can tell you that we're well over 300,000 downloads from over 80 different countries around the world. And yes, I know that some podcasts have that many downloads in a week. But those shows have production staffs and editors and big budgets. I'm one guy, his wife occasionally, and a guest usually trying to talk about my horse. I appreciate all of you for listening and supporting the show. If you have an idea for an episode or want to share something about your horse, I'd love to hear it. My email is john at woepodcast.com or connect with me on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram under the name Woe Podcast. Post a few photos of you having fun with your horse. Thanks again for listening and sharing the podcast. Please stay safe and healthy. So until next time, for Renee, this is John Harris saying, go have some fun with your horses. Bye-bye, everybody.